Welcome to the Lodge Real Estate Home Truths Podcast. Join us as we speak the truth about home ownership, the housing market, and the place we call home, Hamilton. Come on in and make yourself comfortable. Hi there and welcome to Home Truths, the podcast. This afternoon, I'm really excited to have Penny with us. Penny is a recent first home buyer. Welcome, Penny, to the podcast. Lovely to have you. Kia ora, Brenda. Happy to be here. Great. Now, as you know, we start off our every episode with two truths and a lie. Really excited about this part. Cool. Let's hear them. Number one, the search process was quite expensive. Number two, there was lots to learn and read. And number three, it was quite romantic. Uh, wow, the, the I love that one. Itself. Yeah. I love that. Cool. We'll answer that at the end. Yes, yep, so we'll come back to that at the end. But in the meantime, I'm really excited to talk to you about your experience buying your first home. Yeah. First of all, just tell me and let our our listeners know, what does it feel like to wake up in your own home? It feels really cool. It feels like you wake up and you're not immediately answering to somebody else in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of a clumsy person, so if I spill my coffee, that's now my problem and not something I have to worry about later. You wake up in the morning and you feel like you've already gotten something done for the day, which is really sweet. Yeah. I also love the idea of the freedom of what you can do at the place is much Mm. more your own. We're thinking about, you know, where we want to hang paintings. I'm sitting outside in my tiny little yard with my picnic table and I'm thinking, oh, do I want to get rid of all these agapanthers? Yeah. And that's something that you actually can, you just worried about the logistics of it and not like, oh, I wonder who I have to ask about this and get permission Mm. for it for. Mm. So that part's quite cool. So let's get back to the start of the journey. Tell me about when you decided, okay, we want to make this a goal to buy our own home. How did that look for you? I bought with my partner, but Mm -hmm. uh, back in 2018, 2019 is when I really started saving properly for a home. And back then it was just me. I just started saving, started stashing away as much as I could out of my income. I tried to save about a third of what I was making each week. Mm -hmm. Life happens. Some weeks, you know, you've got a dentist emergency or something Mm. and you don't get to save anything or you make backwards progress. Some weeks you're like, do I want a house or do I want a new wardrobe? And you'll go mm. out and you'll splurge a little bit. Mm. But uh, it was about three to four years of, yes. of saving uh, as much of my income as I could to put my deposit together. Mm. And even then I got to a point where I realized that I couldn't actually buy by myself. Mm. Even just my income by itself was just not enough. Um, mm. And that's when my partner decided, lovely person that they are, mm. that they were going to help me and that we would buy it together. And it's mm. been it's been a really cool experience. Really Amazing. cool journey. Amazing. So were you looking online or where were you searching for properties and finding ones that you wanted to go and have a physical look at? So for the most part, before I met you, because, Mm. you know, cards on the table, you were my real estate agent. Yes. We would do a lot of online searching and a lot Mm. of browsing. It could be sometimes really disappointing because the stuff that's available at your budget is not as good as the stuff that's up in the million Mm. dollar budget. Mm. And sometimes we would just be driving around and we would, you know, see a sign and be like, oh, I wonder. And then we would just pull over and just, you know, have a look at the sign. And, you know, we obviously no trespassing. Mm -hmm. If the police are listening, there was no trespassing involved. You Um, didn't get on the property, (laughs) just looking. uh, But just having a look and, you know, sometimes we would just go to uh, neighborhoods that we liked and Mm. just see if there's anything around. So did you sit down and make a list of, okay, this is our must-haves, this is the stuff we're prepared to compromise on and what did that look like? Yeah, uh, we did do that. It wasn't really a written list. We sort of just talked about it. Mm. So for both of us, there were a few things that we we didn't want to compromise on and one of those things was we didn't 
want to put ourselves in a financial hole. So we wanted to make sure that it was something that we could afford on our incomes. And we didn't really want to go above a certain amount of, of mortgage and we would have you know, had to turn places down if it was like that. Another one that we were not really wanting to compromise on was we wanted to be excited to live there. Mm. Uh, so I know that there's a lot of places that you can get that are you know not the nicest, but they're cheap. Mm. Uh, and we decided that we would rather enjoy where we live and enjoy our home life than a cheap mortgage and just get on the ladder. So those were two things that we didn't want to compromise on. The ones that we were going to compromise on were location. Um, we mm. even looked at places that were as far out as Huntley and Cambridge, uh, you know, whether or not we could afford those. What else were we willing to compromise on? Pretty much almost everything else. I had stuff that I wanted. Like mm. I'd love to have, you know, big trees around because I like listening to birds. But if that was the case, then so be it. But in terms of, yeah, location, we were just kind of anywhere that we could afford. That was one thing that we were just willing to see what was out there. And one thing that I will comment on is I found working with you both was how positive you were. It is easy to get a bit disappointed or to see the negatives in a place, but I was really super impressed with how you both would go in and say, hey, we could turn this into a great room. We could make this a great space. And I think that's really important when you're starting out, isn't it? I think that's true. They tell you not to fall in love with houses before mm. you've got the deal met, but I disagree with that. I say yeah. go in and, and romance every place that you look at and think about what it might look like, whether your cat's going to like it. Go in and look at, hey, this could be our office or this could be, imagine what this kitchen would look like with our stuff in it because it makes mm. you so much more excited about actually going to see these places. Mm. And yeah, some of them are going to disappoint you, but that's love, right? Mm. Totally. Yeah. It is a relationship. That's what it is, yeah. And you've got to kiss some frogs before you... <laughs> Find your prints sometimes. So what plans have you got for your home that you've purchased? Is there anything that needed to be done straight away or anything you needed to budget for? Sure. Uh, luckily, we had a little bit of money left over after the house purchase. And so there were a few things that we wanted to do. Some of it was just as simple as just getting new furniture. Mm. Uh, so we got some great flat pack stuff. We put the TV up on the wall and cards on the table. I did get a hire a hubby in to do some of the stuff because my partner yes. and I are, are lesbians and we are not that handy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some of the big stuff was, you know, we got some new whiteware. Uh, we had to have the some of the kitchen cupboards modified so that our fridge would fit uh, mm. in the space that we wanted. Got an amazing, beautiful, big six-sided picnic table that uh, is going to sit in the yard. No major, like, structural renovations. Yes. A lot of it was just making sure that the way we wanted it to look, whether that was, you know, art on the walls, shelves where we wanted them, mm. a good flow, that was phase one, was just making sure that we could live there and that we were happy with it. So that's been some of the big stuff to start mm. with. And how have you found navigating things like, you know, allowing for rates, insurance, those extra costs of being a homeowner? So we're big budgeters mm -hmm. and we kind of have been for a little while. Um, one thing that we did when we bought this place was we actually combined our incomes for the first time because that's something okay. that we hadn't done up until then. That's a big step. Yeah, but we make different amounts of money. And so mm. we didn't want one of us to be sitting with nothing after all the bills were paid. And mm. so we just combined everything. It was quite lucky because the rates are pretty clearly defined of what they're going to be. So mm. you're able to plan for that and then divide it by 52 and just make sure that that's coming out of your income every week. For our insurance, we actually took a portion of the money we had left and we paid for the first year outright. And then again, we're just portioning out what it will be next year out of our income each week and just putting that aside so that when our rates and our insurance come due, we can just pay them. We don't have to scramble. 
what we found is that we have a lot less walking around money, you know, just mm. money for, you know, random spending. But also we've got all our food sorted because that's part of our budgeting is making sure that we know what our groceries are going to cost us each week. And and so your walking around money is actually just tends to be for stuff like coffee or, mm. you know, catching up with a friend or, you know, getting a quick lunch on a, you know, random Wednesday where you don't have time to pack something. So it's going pretty well so far. So what advice would you give to someone who's in a similar position and it feels like I'm just treading water here, I'm trying to save, trying to save, it's getting frustrating. What would you say to those people? So one thing that we that we did was we moved into a pretty small place. Um, mm. I used to live in a larger flat uh, with a lot of people. But my partner and I moved into a quite a small place uh, in the city centre. It was one of those, you know, big sort of blocks with eight places in it. Uh, it had really low rent. We were only paying uh, three fifty five for the last mm-hmm. two years, so we kept our mm. rent really low. We're not big partiers, so you know, we weren't spending money on um, drugs and alcohol. Yeah. One of the biggest things would be find hobbies that you can do that don't cost money, because a lot mm. of people want to go out to the pub and they want to spend twelve dollars on each drink, um, and they want a twenty five dollar pizza. But I think there are ways of having that social life without throwing all your money into that kind of stuff. That's not to say that, you know, the hospitality is not important, but Mm. I'd say if you really want to buy the house, do cut a few costs. Don't cut your avocado toast because it's delicious, but, you know, maybe make it yourself. Yes. Yeah, I'd say that's probably it. Figure out what the things that you aren't willing to compromise on. Like, for example, I didn't want to not have Wi-Fi. Mm. Um, we're, we're big internet users, and so we were like, we're not going to cut that cost. Mm. We got to a point where I had to cut my gym membership, and I had to cut – we stopped uh, streaming services for a little while. Mm. It just came down to what we knew we had to have for our lifestyle because you don't want to sit in the dark and be miserable all day while you're saving for a house. Yeah. But we just found other ways to keep ourselves busy. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm really yeah. impressed by that. Uh, some of our recent date nights have, or, you know, date days have been going to the park to feed the ducks. Yes. And that's two bucks for a bag of oats and some great conversation because my partner's a wonderful at banter. Yes. Um, and that was just how we would spend our Sunday mornings. Yeah. And tell me, how did you find the experience? You worked with a mortgage broker, didn't that's you? That's right, yeah. How so did we, you find that? We went to Total Mortgages, mm-hmm. um, Jordan from Total Mortgages. It was, honestly, it was way easier than I thought it was going to be. Literally, all I had to do was just send them all of my personal information so obviously they needed verified copies of my ID and stuff. But luckily I already had that from um, trying to do the Kiwi Home First Home Partnership thing uh, mm-hmm. not long before that. So I already had a lot of the stuff. So I sent them what I had, told them what we were looking for, and they did all the legwork when it came to working with the banks. I didn't have to go to six different banks and, and mm. plead to them. Mm. I haven't had McDonald's in three months. Yeah. Can I please have a house? <laughs> um, that stuff all got done for us. Even to the point that I don't remember what the system was called. Basically, I would log into my bank and it would automatically generate like all of the you know statements that I need and everything right from my bank website. It was a lot smoother than what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be painful, and mm. honestly, it was. I would probably talk to him once every two weeks when there was something that he needed, mm. but usually it was something I could get within an hour or so. Mm. And how did you find the other part of it, which is obviously dealing with the lawyer? Did that run pretty smoothly? Yeah, so lawyers are obviously fairly expensive. Mm. um, But the thing is, is that they want you to tell them when you don't get something because they get it and they can explain mm. it to you. I was lucky enough to uh, have worked with uh, a wonderful lawyer in town called uh, DTI, uh, mm-hmm. Nick Feast. And so I just contacted him and said, hey, I'm looking to buy my first place. Do you be happy to be our solicitor? 
they were keen beans. I think for the entire process from start to finish, including, you know, all the stuff we had to go in and sign and like everything that they handled was about $2,700 in total, okay. um, which I don't know whether that's a lot or not for a lawyer, um, but that was what we ended up paying. And we had budgeted for that. Mm. Um, and just so you know, the bank that we signed up with gave us a $2,000 cash back. Wow. So most of the money that the, mm. the bank gave us just paid for the lawyer, which was quite good. Mm. Okay. What sort of industry do you and your partner work in? Because I think some people think, oh, well, listening to you, yeah, it's all very well, but you're probably earning squillions and... I won't go into exactly no. where we work, but my partner and I both work for nonprofits. Mm. Um, so, like, they do digital management. So, they do um, illustrating and like social media work for a nonprofit organization. I mm. mean, um, I do a lot of admin work for a nonprofit as well. So, mm. we're not making squillions. Um, mm. We live within our budget. And I think we do okay because we, you know, we work really hard and mm. we've both found ourselves in a spot where we are doing jobs that we have built skills in, mm. but no, we're, we're just working. I probably make about as much as a teacher, I think. Mm. Okay, cool. Uh, now the next thing that I wanted to ask you about sure. is. Was it about the process of working with an agent? Cause, yes. Cause we haven't talked about that. It was horrible. It was. The oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, um, one thing that I was a bit nervous about was was trying to work with a real estate agent because I wasn't sure how it was going to go. And so I got introduced to you, Brenda. Mm -hmm. We have some history, go a little back, but I didn't know you very well. Mm. But no, it was really smooth. You asked us about what we were looking for. I think when I first came to you, we had a place in mind, right? It was the, yes. yeah. So we had a city apartment that we were looking at. It was upstairs. Mm. It was on Victoria Street and we'd already, we loved it and we went mm. in and had a look and it turned out that we couldn't buy it because uh, it was zone for commercial. That, That's right, it was. Um, yeah. And so what it turned out was that even though it was, I think it was 350 or around mm. that 350 level somewhere, mm. we couldn't get it because we needed 20% or 40% deposit. We needed a really high deposit to be able to yeah. get it because of the zoning. Different uh, lending for the zoning. Yeah. So then after that, I mean, that gave me a feel of, you know, the, the sort of space that you were looking for. And I knew that you were, would be open to different things. And I think that's really important that you didn't box yourselves in to say, I'm not looking in this area. I only want this. I don't want that. And do you feel that when you walked into the home that you now own, did you just walk in and get a good feeling about it straight away? We did, yeah. Mm. So um, that was, I think, I want to say the fourth or fifth place that you'd shown us by that point. Mm. Um, and each of them we tried to go in with starry eyes and we tried to look at um, what could be nice. Yes. Um, for, for different reasons, there was one place that we did bid on that we lost out on and that mm. was kind of sad. But the next few places that we saw we talked about them and we seriously considered them, but we ended up deciding not to offer. And then mm. you, you took us to the place we ended up buying. Mm. And I think it was a nice day that day. I think it was kind of sunny. No, no, it wasn't. It was like an overcast day, wasn't it? And so we went in and it was a little bit of a dark day, but I went in and I saw the space. It was well-dressed. I remember mm. that, that they had the house dressing in and everything, yes, which was staged. nice. I saw my stuff in there. I yeah. saw my life in there and I saw my cat like spread out in that, that real nice carpet that they put in. <laughs> And like I said before, we were willing to fall in love mm. and we really liked it. And we thought, man, well, this could this could be it. This could be the right one. And if you're interested in hearing about it, we originally put in an offer of what our maximum was just straight away. We went 
okay, well, 400 is our maximum offer, so we'll just offer that straight out. The place had been listed at 460 and then it had come down to 430 mm-hmm. uh, within a month. So we were like, oh, maybe they'll take it. We're like, it's pretty quick to drop the price. We're not, sh- we're not sure. Mm-hmm. They actually rejected the offer, asked us if there was any more, and we went, sorry, that's our maximum. And I don't know what happened next, because I think maybe you talked to Jordan mm-hmm. next, because Jordan uh, from Total Mortgages called us and went, oh, offer a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I went, what's a little bit more? Because we're talking about pretty large amounts of money here. And he went, good luck. And so we were like, all right, 415 then. We'll try 415. And they went They went for the offer. It was yes. really good. Yeah. And we went back to Jordan. He's like, cool, yep, leave it with me. I think he had to actually go back and sort of reapply mm. at that higher level. Mm. And I think that's why he didn't want to tell us a specific amount because yes. he wanted to see what we could get it for. Yeah. And then the, the bank did come back with an approved uh, like amendment to mm. the pre-approval, mm. uh, which was quite cool. And they went for it. And we were, we were really happy and I remember we had that conversation where you told me that they'd gone for it and it was a it was a good day that's a nice phone call to make and tell me there was a couple of things that the vendors who were selling that property had agreed to do before settlement so how did you work around those couple of things sure so one of the things was the owners provided a builder's report Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was less than two weeks old when we looked at it we took it to someone to have a look at and went do we need to get another one and they went no you probably be fine. There were some people who were saying, get another builder's report. Some people saying, no, don't worry about it. We ended up looking at what we had to spend and knew we had other reports to pay for. So we went with that. There was a a little bit of damage to like a roof tile. And then there was something that needed to be done with the driveway. I think the driveway needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Basically they went, Hey, we're willing to fix the stuff before the settlement date. But the thing is, is that they accepted our offer on like the 21st of December or something. So Mm. everything was shutting down for like two and a half weeks. And I think we had to move the settlement date, I think, twice to make – well, mm. we moved it once because of the Christmas time, and then we moved it again because our lawyers were like, oh, we're not actually back at the office then, so can we move it again? Yes. But no, it was actually quite an easy process. They Basically, they, they went, hey, we'll pay for this before the sale, and the lawyers, the solicitors asked us, well, what you can do is you can take a portion of your offer and mm. put it off to the side, and if they haven't fixed it by settlement date, then you could just keep that money and you can use it to pay for it yourself. Mm. Um, so we did a little bit of – I called around a couple of – builders and stuff mm. and, and just went, hey, this is what they've said needs to be fixed. What's your quote? Then we just selected an amount of money. They agreed to it. But luckily they had it all fixed before we moved mm. in anyway. So yeah. yeah, it was quite cool. And and we haven't found anything else in the house that we're unhappy with. I think I want to replace the bathroom fan just because mm-hmm. that's, th- I've classically dealt with really um, damp bathrooms uh, right. when I've been renting. So I yes. want to make sure that it's nice and clean and nice and clear. And I don't have to mop the ceiling to get rid of mold. Yeah. So I might do that myself, but that's not something that, that the vendors fails to inform us about. No. So if you were having a coffee with someone who was just starting this process like you did, and they said, what was the most challenging or surprising or difficult part of the process, what would your answer to that be? I think for me, part of the most challenging part was figuring out that I couldn't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. When I was first starting, I had applied a couple of different times and basically been told, come back when you've doubled your income. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> sure. All right. And this is actually something really difficult is that you need to have someone to buy with mm. and 
knowing who that person is can mm. be really, really difficult because not everybody has, you know, someone that they trust that much and mm. relationships can get broken up over money. So I think that was probably a really challenge. I'm lucky because I had a partner um, and we had decided that, you know, we were in it for the long term mm. and that, you know, having a place together was something we both wanted to do. But I think that might have been one of the more challenging parts was realizing that even though I was saving and even though I was sacrificing and even though I was, you know, refraining from doing things that I wanted mm. to do, that just me by myself just mm. wasn't going to cut it. Yeah. Do you have any plans to meet the neighbours or get involved in your local community? Uh, yeah. So I've met them in passing, you know, putting out the rubbish bins and stuff and, and you know, smiling in, in passing. But what I want to do, and I haven't done it yet, but what I want to do is I want to actually sit down maybe this weekend and do some baking. Get mm-hmm. some. I've got a really good brownies recipe that I like to make yes. and just take a few over to each of the neighbours. We're down a long driveway, so there's probably about six or seven neighbours in total. Mm. Take a little bit of baking over and introduce mm. myself and, and just sort of try to make that impact already. Uh, we've already, you know, tested out some of the local shops and, mm. you know, had like, little chats with, you know, the guy that works at the fish and chip shop and mm. stuff. So hoping that eventually we'll mm. become locals. Great. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I might be calling around to see you before my open homes on Saturday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I might bring a coffee and maybe we'll have a bit of brownie. That, well, okay. Well, you've got to give me some time. I might not have made them by Saturday. <laughs> Saturday morning's pretty you. early I'll in the weekend. I'll check in with you. Okay. Hey, well, I think that's a really great way to end it. But first of all, of course, we need to go back to your two truths and a lie. Sure. So just remind us what those were. Absolutely. So we had number one, the search process was quite expensive. Uh, number two, there was lots to learn and read. And number three, it was quite romantic. Okay. So going to the first one, was that a truth or a lie? You have to tell me. Oh, okay. I'm not not telling you. Okay. So what was the first one? Uh, The first one was um, the search process was quite expensive. Okay. So you've told us about the lawyer's fees, but were there some other costs that you thought you'd have to pay that you didn't end up? Yes. Okay. Yes, there was. I didn't pay anything to my mortgage broker. I didn't pay anything to you. Mm. I shouldn't have put it first, but this actually was the lie, as there's a lot of stuff involved that you think is going to cost you money that actually doesn't end up costing you money. So that was actually yeah. quite nice that you you get paid out of the the total uh, commission for the sale, right? Mm. Yep. And again, I'm pretty sure um, the mortgage broker gets paid from the banks that they work with. Mm. So there's a lot of stuff. And like, lawyers going to be lawyers, and that's just part of it. Yes. Um, the process of picking the house up until the point that we got an offer accepted actually wasn't anywhere near as expensive as we thought it was going to be. Mm. And I'm very interested in your last truth or lie, that it was a romantic process. You weren't expecting that? I wasn't. I kind of looked at it as being something that was fairly clinical and it was mm. going to be filled with disappointment and why would you want to romanticize something like that? But it ended up being really fun. Cute. Going around seeing these places and having sort of like a go at what your life might be like there and having a shot at it. Mm. I think without the romance of it, and I mean that in like the literal definition of the word, mm. without that, it would be a lot less of a fun and you know hopeful process. Mm. Something that I really valued about it was the romance of it. That's amazing. Penny, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited for you and your partner, Liv. And I just know you're going to love your home. I'm going to enjoy the brownies at the weekend. And I'm Brenda Beale. I've been your host with this podcast for Home Truths. Thanks very much. Thanks for joining us on the Lodge Real Estate Home Truths podcast. Learn more about today's topic and our panel guests by visiting our website, lodge.co.nz.